answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us today as we talk about financial matters and talk about retirement and money and all that stuff. With myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. Spend our weeks with people like yourself and broadcast here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. So whether you've got any advisors now or you're doing things on your own, whatever the case, glad you're with us. So I was um, talking about retirement. I ran into a friend of mine who is a client of our firm. Um, has been for many, many years, doesn't work with me personally but works with uh, one of our advisors. And I ran into him this week and I asked him, you know, he's been retired for about a year. I said, how's it going? He said, it's actually, he goes, I think I'm probably maybe go back to do some work. But he said, you know, the interesting thing is, he said, um, I keep getting questions from people who find out I'm retired and they ask me what, they ask him what his purpose is. Have you found a purpose? Using that terminology? Yes. Exactly. I asked the same question. They say, actually, like, they don't ask, what are you doing or what are you interested in? He said, they come right out and say, well, what is your, what's your purpose? And I, and I thought it was interesting. And so. Do, do most people actually really know what their purpose, right? I mean. Well. Th- this isn't one of these things that we all kind of. We all struggle. I, yeah, I mean, well, we, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. I mean, we can come up with a nice st- statement. That maybe like we try to a, live our life by in a good motto or a good verse or something. But yeah, yeah I think at some point in time we still sit there and think, really, is this what, what am I supposed to do? Well, yeah. this, this gentleman, he's a, he, he, he retired as a lawyer and I would call him a voracious. No wonder he's wondering what his purpose is. <laughs> well, he's a voracious reader. And he said, you know, Pat, I never even thought about what my purpose is. I said, well, how do you spend your day? He said, yeah, I watch a little uh, TV and I read a lot. Like, what do you read? He goes, uh, and he goes through a list of how many books he's actually reading right now and how many books he reads a week. And I'm like, I think that sounds about right for you. Because I go for a walk, I'll go to the gym, but then I read a lot. And I'm like, there's your purpose. And, you know, there's your purpose. But I thought it was to interesting. read? He likes to read. He's, he's, I don't know. Is he an intellectual? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever that means. But I thought it was well, interesting that. He said after a year, he, he is now considering going back and doing some work, some work. It is more and more common. I think part of it is not, I think, I know part, work isn't as, it's not as physically as demanding as it used to be. I guess law has been law for a long time, but most of us have professional type jobs now. Some, at least some sort of job that we're not digging ditches. Most. Hauling brush, right? Yeah. Chopping down trees, whatever the case may be. It's uh, it's more of a uh, intellectual job that most of us have, and for many people, they find it stimulating. So it's not taxing physically. Yes, but some things can be taxing mentally, and I think you know, it's interesting. We're going to go to the calls here in a minute, but most of us have iPhones now or some sort of device very similar, and have emails, and a lot of us have jobs now that tend to be a little twenty four seven. Yes. But not all in a row. You're not That's working right. no, 24-7. No, I understand, but... You're just accessible 24-7. Yes. Right? Which is good and bad. Yeah, it is good and bad. It's good and bad. So, all right, let's go anyway, to the calls. Yes, if, if you, you want, want to join the show, 833-99-WORTH. It, it reminds me of a story. Uh, is this a joke? Th- I'm the guy. Never mind. <laughs> no, we say, were talking about the profession of law. And I thought, okay, tell the tell the. Story. I'm not going to now because my wife does the same thing to me. We'll be so. Oh, tell that story, that joke about something. And the, my, I'm not a comedian. No, you're. But t- you, I, you tell terrible jokes. You just can't do it. Well. But I, your delivery is awful. 
You, do, I have seen you present. Are you complex, kidding me? I have seen you, Scott. I have seen you present complex thoughts and ideas in front of hundreds of people, and you do a great job. The minute you go to actually like deliver any sort of a joke, like a pre-prescribed, written-out joke, you're awful at it. You just you tense up. You don't do it well. When you're looking at me for I am now. Life. I'm 53 years old. This is the first anyone's told me this. You're not good at it. You know that. I could interject a story. People don't know it's a joke. Then it's funny. All right, so I ruined. Maybe it. it's not funny. I'm not ever telling a joke again <laughs> during a, any sort of presentation. You you do a great job in presentations, but when that like that lighthouse story you tell the I haven't thing. told that one in 20 years. All right. Well, anyway, and we all thank you. Let's and I'm not the- telling this attorney joke either. <laughs> okay, thank you. We all thank you. <laughs> I'm now I'm offended. Okay. Well, actually, I'm not offended. I appreciate the honest uh, uh, feedback. There, okay. Man. Well, all right. Well, as long as you don't give it back to me, I'm fine. And I am no longer going to try to be humorous at all. All right. Let's go to Paul. Paul, thanks for joining All Worth's Money Matters. Hi there. Hi, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. I loved your conversation about purpose and retirement. I could. Talk with you guys about that forever. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Are that's you not, retired? That's not, uh, well, you know, I don't use the R word. You know, you know, I, I I'm in a, I'm a, I'm a second halfer. You know, um, and spent 30 years in technology, and I've been out of that world for 10 years, and so uh, you know, I'll always be doing something. But uh, so yeah, I'm I'm still earn some income. You know, um, but uh, I I do a lot of what I'll call second second half kind of stuff. You oh, know? good, good, um, good. Yeah. Especially relates to purpose and generosity, et cetera. So, but my question for you guys is about starting to fund our grandkids' educational expenses. And my wife and I had UGMA accounts when our kids were growing up, and and uh, use those accounts to pay for all the education. They're all now we have four. They're all now grown adults, and three or four are married and starting to have grandkids. And so, my wife and I want to start funding our grandkids. And you know, since what we did twenty years or whatever it was, um, now sort of believe that maybe 529 accounts are better than UGMA accounts uh, to use for that. But I'm really curious about you guys' experience and opinion about, okay, if you want to start saving, you know, for, for grandkids, that's the oldest, which is seven now, um, um, what's the best vehicle? Is so, it 529 so, so, some other? So I uh, love the 529. Yeah, I would use the 529. But the interesting thing about the 529, especially as a grandparent, is if the child uh, actually, if your grandchild actually is eligible for any sort of uh, federal uh, state aid to go uh-huh. to cover his college cl- classes or her college classes, you may not want to actually distribute the money until the child is in their junior or senior year. Because, oh. so, and I'm not going to dig. The assets count. The, the assets, assets count as their yeah. income. Yeah. And so when you actually dole the money out, the first two years, it, so it depends on the parent's income. So the idea okay. of the grandparent owning the 529 is actually brilliant because it doesn't show up That's right. in their in the the financial statements that you're there if the child is asked to produce if they want student loans or are, aid. Yeah. Which they all the kids right, fill that right. out. Well, well not all of them. 90%, 90 a lot of 90%. them. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. If you if most people if they think there's a chance in the world that they can get some money then they will right. fill this thing out, these forms. But the in terms of the vehicle to save the money, the 529 is absolutely perfect. And you would have used it with your own kids had it been around then. But th- it wasn't there. So you used the UGMA or UTMA, which is Uniform Gift to Minors right. Act, or Uniform Transfer to Minors. Transfer to Minors. But the 529 so is perfect. You mentioned waiting till junior or senior, but as a grandparent, it wouldn't it wouldn't be attached to an asset base to them anyway, right? So um, it's the income that. So if they're freshman year, they you they get money. You let's assume you uh, save money in the yeah, five twenty. Okay. But either way, if you, you'd have similar issues with UGMA. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's when you right. dole the money out. Yeah. It, but if if you get to the point and your your the grandchild's parents are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, it's not going to make any difference when you send them the money. If the grandparent, right. if the if they're eligible for student aid, you want them to get as much student aid as possible. But we're talking 10 or 11 years from now, and who knows whether uh, universal 
healthcare, universal education, universal housing, universal whatever. <laughs> uh, basic in a, what's the basic, basic income? income. We got it all. We I mean, might but, even, but, but look at they'll yeah. pay you to go to personal school. responsibilities. That's so 1990. Um, Personal responsibilities. No, no, is so thing I of the used past. the five twenty nine for my children. Pat used it for his children. Yep. Still yeah. use it. Still use it. We're right. We're we we. It's been great. It's been great. Cool. And you well, want to use a, well, a, right. an aggressive uh, portfolio inside of the five twenty nine. Yeah. Because you have yeah, a long time. Okay. Cool. You got a long time. Long time. Cool. All righty. Well, I hope you're wrong. We're all wrong. It's not going to be free, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Oh, it is interesting. Uh, I appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. Right. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And I, Pat, but I tell you what, when I look at uh, let's talk about college. I read education. the other. I read the other day we're at student loans are one point five trillion. Okay. All right. It wasn't very many years ago. It was less than a trillion. I mean, it's 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 not. It's getting much worse. And what what what. What has well, we've talked about this in this program before, so I don't want to go ad nauseum over it, but it's uh, what happens is the more money that goes into it, the higher uh, the, the actually the cost of education. You look at if become. you look at I'm not an expert on college education, by the but if you look at the number of administrators, well, you spent students, enough, how many years did you spend? I spent six years in college, <laughs> <laughs> so on your undergrad, I should be, I should be an expert. You, look at the number of administrators per student today versus 30 years ago. I mean, there's always, it's, it's always, it's just, it's, it, listen, it takes place in every bureaucracy. Uh, it takes place in business. It takes place yeah. in government. It takes place in healthcare. It takes place in every bureaucracy, which is to build little. Well, when there's of, guaranteed funding sources. Easy. It's easy. You just sign, you don't, you don't have to show that you can repay the loan. Yeah. Although uh, some college costs, at least in the private sector, have started to drop. It's become a competitive. Yeah, it's become very, very competitive. Because the, young the people, some young people are like, I don't know if I want. Do I really want to get out of school yeah. with a hundred thousand in debt? Yeah, and I, and maybe quick, I should go learn a trade. I, quite frankly, uh, I wish that there were more trade schools, but mostly because yeah. it's hard to get a plan in your house. By the way, there's some changes to the five twenty nine plans that had recently enacted, and one of those is that uh, they can be used for apprenticeships. Right. So money can be used for apprenticeships, which I think is pretty powerful. So, All right. And you can use it to pay off some student debt. So that actually makes sense. Let's talk about this. So this gentleman that's just called Paul. Yes. We don't know what it's going to look like in 10 years. There's no problem putting money into the 529, especially as a grandparent, because it's not, not so an So you tell your grandkid, look, if I give it to you now, it's going to harm your, your federal aid. You're going to get 8000 federal aid right now. If I give you the money, you won't get the... So take the free money and take out a loan. That's right. For the rest, they're going to give it to you. Just sign. All you got to do is sign the thing. They'll give you the loan. Take the loan. And then once you're either like maybe a senior in school, we'll take the money out of the 529 to pay off the loan. Unless there's some sort of universal loan forgiveness program, in which case <laughs> which we will not- take out the 529, pay the taxes and the slight penalty on it, and keep it for grandma and grandfather. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, continue on here. 833-99-WORTH will get you to All Worth's Money Matters. And we are in Ohio talking with Patty. Patty, you're with Scott Hansen, Pat McLean, All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. Hi, Patty. Hi. What can we do for you? Well, I was listening to the show last week, and um, I did the math. I lived in Taiwan for a year, and I taught English. And my brother got very ill. I moved back to the States. I had sold everything I owned. My daughter took my good furniture. Oh. And um, so I had to come home. And I built a place and I bought new furniture. I'm 62. And I'm in. So, how old were you? So, this is. So, what age did you decide to move to Taiwan and sell everything? Oh, it was was just a year before I did it. A year ago. Yes. You just returned I, from Taiwan? Uh, yes. Okay. And this I, was to care I for your brother my, or your mother? My brother. Okay. I'm like a mother to him. He's developmentally disabled and my uh. older sister kind of. But anyway, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Okay. So Well, I you're going down, I but have. you know what? Here's why I'm asking these questions. Because our, our, our life very rarely turns out exactly as we planned, right? And things happen. 
and right. we have people in our life who suddenly need to take care of all those sort of things. So, all right, continue. Okay, so um, I, I had no intention of moving back to the States except for a visit until I hit retirement age. So um, I, I currently in several different types of accounts plus my STRS. I have a 403B, several different um, so I, ha- I have about 660000 in um, my retirement account. Okay. And um, I'll take a hit on my Social Security because of the windfall tax in Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how much is your p- uh, pension? Um, right now, I think I have about 127000 in that. In no, my, no, no. Uh, so uh, you're, yeah, you, you, you receive a monthly pension? No, I'm not getting it. I haven't retired yet. Okay. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. So for the rest of the listeners, what Patty said is she participates in the state. She called it STRS, which is the State Teachers Retirement System. Uh, And I presume you are a a teacher um, and that at her retirement, she will receive a monthly pension. And in addition to that, she has saved up in other retirement plans $660,000. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. And because she's so, a teacher, she doesn't get full Social Security uh, benefits like many other people. Because she's been paying into her state teacher retirement and not into Social Security. So, Right. This is, only, this is my second career. I, I've only been a teacher for this is my 14th year. Okay. So I'm going to have reduced benefits from STRS as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because you didn't have enough. You didn't have 30 years. But you'll have you'll have right. a higher Social Security uh, check than most people because that you worked in the private sector. So what's your question for us? Well, my question is this. Um, well, let me let me give you another point. When I was listening to the show and people were talking about car loans and and I, I looked I looked at my statement because I had donated my van when I moved to Taiwan and I had to buy a, a car. I wouldn't buy a new one. I bought a 2016 with 30,000 miles on it, and I financed it for five years. Okay. And I looked, and, and from July, when I purchased it, to last week, I had paid $700 in interest. Okay. And I, in my savings, I, um, I had about $65,000, and I, I looked at my interest statement from mm-hmm. the bank, <laughs> uh-huh. and I said, what on earth am I doing? Uh-huh. So I... Uh-huh. I I paid it off. Okay. And it made me nervous because mm-hmm. it was, eight. I think, 18000 Okay. Off. But anyway, this is my question. I, I want to start thinking about retirement. And I don't know, like, if I should be putting more into – I right, right now I'm only doing about 10% into my 403B, which is equivalent to a 401K mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. teachers. So I would like to retire in the next – Two, three years. And where do you are you renting a place now? No, no, I built a place. Is it paid for? Oh no. What no. do you owe on it? Um, okay, I gotta do the math. Like one eighty. Okay. And how much will your pension be from so if you were uh, so first of all, I'd like you to go to our website. And watch, either read the paper. In fact, uh, Jasmine, we're going to put you on hold after this, and Jasmine's going to send you Scott's book called Decision Points, okay. which is the process that and we— I think we're having we, workshops, too. In, she's in Ohio. In Cincinnati, there's, we've oh, got some workshops. Oh, we, we, we do have sure some that, in coming up in Cincinnati. Yeah. I, Allworth I don't know Financial, how, go to allworthfinancial.com. I don't know how people. close you are to Cincinnati, but we have these workshops where we actually explain our process— it's okay. out there, and we whether you come to us and use our advisors or you do it on your own, we explain the whole process as how do you determine how much money you need and and where it comes from, right? So there's a seven-step okay. process, and the first step is what am I living on today, right? So that's the first thing you need to determine is what am I living on today? And then the second uh, thing you actually look at is what expenses will either go up or down in retirement. The third thing we look at is taxes. The fourth thing we look at is risk, um, is how much risk is in your portfolio. Is it the appropriate amount? Is it too much? The f- um, we look at estate planning, and then we look at distributions as to where the money actually comes from. So 
you need to kind of go through that process to answer the questions. I'm guessing, I'm guessing, and you said you're 62, is that right? Yes. From the looks of it, my guess is that uh, you're actually probably pretty good. Uh, If you can generate $3,000 a month between your STRS and Social Security pension, you may not want to pay off this mortgage uh, because most of your money is actually sitting in tax-qualified accounts, uh, and you may just decide to keep that mortgage until the day you die or convert it into a reverse mortgage at some point in time. Um, But my guess is, my guess is, and you're single? I am single. I've got a 25-year-old daughter. Okay. And And I've already done my estate. Okay. And your daughter is not living with you? No. You're not supporting your daughter? I gave her money for, I'm sorry. Hello? Oh, anyway. So my guess is she's fine. Oh, are you back? just about to hang up on you. I'm here. (laughs) Okay. No, I was was trying to mute the phone because the student was. Oh, you're in school right now. Very nice. Yes. Um, anyway, those pesky kids. Uh, what 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 grade do you teach? I am an elective, a career. You guys were talking about vocational schools or career. I am a career tech teacher. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Good. So um, I have high schoolers anywhere from freshmen to seniors. Good for you. That is. Uh, that is. That is one hard job. I'm telling you, yep. one well, you hard know, job. It's, it's a. It's a second career, and I love it. Oh, I good for you! Good for anything. good for you! Good for you! So, I, I if you if you're not able to attend one of our workshops, then go to our website, and Jasmine's going to put you. We're going to put you on hold, and Jasmine's yeah. going to send you Scott's book called Decision Points that actually walks you through the process. We have a video on our website, allworthfinancial.com, and then there's a couple white papers. So whether you use our firm or you walk through it yourself, it's a pretty easy process for you to understand your own situation. Yeah. So appreciate the call. Appreciate and the I call. think what's important for people, Pat, is that as you would obviously agree that people are in a position so that if suddenly like Pat had to move back to the States to care for a family member, right? A lot of who knew a lot of us retire before we had planned because of some outside circumstance. Yeah. Uh, yes. Either to take care of yourself, health issue, to take care of a loved one, or your company has decided that it wanted to go a different direction and not involve you in the process. That's right. Yes. Uh, but I oftentimes did... it, it, it doesn't mean that you were me... a bad employee or that you weren't valuable. Oftentimes the company is actually either closing the division, selling a division or moving a division. I wanted to talk about when you should not pay off a car loan. And I didn't I didn't ask Patty because she had already paid it off. She had already paid it off. Because you were going to... You I, know where I'm going with this. Yes, I was going to bring it up, but she had already paid so, it off. So, like, home loans, credit card balances, they are... The way the interest is calculated, it's called a simple interest loan, which essentially is, what's the balance outstanding? What is the interest rate? Multiply that interest rate by the balance outstanding. That's how much interest you have to pay. And you can divide so, it by 12 or divide it by 365 or whatever, but that's the interest. For some car loans, there's what's called the rule of 78. Or a computed interest loan. Or some of the digits loan. And the way these loans work, they are not simple interest loans. And they compute how much interest would be charged. Let's say it's a Let's say it's a 60-month loan, although I think new car loans are even longer than that. Let's yeah. just say it's a 60-month loan. So five years. Five-year loan. They say, all right, if the interest rate is 4%, what's that interest going to be over the period of the loan? They calculate how much would that be on a monthly basis. And essentially, on your first payments, you are paying interest first. So they figure out, over that five years, the total amount of money that you're going to pay on this. So you borrow 10,000, they figure you're going to pay $13,000 on this loan over the time period. They take that, divide it by 60, and then they just start it. And now all you, of your first payments go towards the interest. Now you might say, well, I know with a mortgage, it, your first payments seem like they'll go towards interest. Yeah, this is different. This is, re- they really go towards 100% interest. 100% of it. So 
what we've seen sometimes someone who's already had a loan for six months, they want to pay it off. You might have already paid all the interest. It might not make sense, any sense at all to pay that off. That's right. Even if you're earning 2% in the bank, that or 1.5% in the bank, that's more than zero. My first car, I bought it when I was 19. I took a loan, uh, a Volkswagen Rabbit Wolfsburg edition, by the way, white. Wolfsburg. <laughs> the Wolfsburg edition, white Volkswagen too, Rabbit. Those weren't that common. A year into the loan, I called and said, I want to pay this off. And you found? I had already paid the interest. It made no sense for me to pay this. That financial was the edu- last time I actually took that type There's of There's nothing like a personal education for a financial decision, for financial education. All right. We are just about out of time here. want to let everyone know we still have a workshop this next Saturday in uh, Sacramento. We'll be in the Roseville area. And in the Denver region, we'll be in Broomfield. So Saturday the 8th, that's next Saturday, we still have a workshop, retirement workshop at 11.15 that morning. Go to allworthfinancial.com for the details. We need to take a, a quick break. If you want to join the program, 833-99-WORTH. You're listening to All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here. Pat McLean. Glad you are here with us on this program. And I, I'm just going to lift my... My my, um, my son is graduating from Boston College. Yes, I saw yes. him at uh, your father's funeral and yes. spent some time and talking I don't to think him. I mentioned. I think I mentioned that it was out of... I was out for a few weeks. My father was in the hospital. We thought he was going to get better, and um, he did not. So. Oh, I don't uh, don't believe you did mention anyway. that. So uh, it was a beautiful service, and <laughs> it really it was. And I and I loved your dad. Your dad was the absolute character. Um, um, you know, he was a co- like most of us co- were complicated humans. And and if you didn't know him, and you only went to the funeral, you're like. This guy was amazing, right? So I was like, man, I wish I knew your dad better. Wasn't like an awesome man. Like, well, you know. <laughs> but so the interesting thing about Scott and Scott's dad, uh, Scott is the 100% the antithesis of his father in terms of being serious about life and goals planning and like really taking it very, very seriously and putting all the energy. And your dad was relatively carefree. Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> it's like yeah. Well, and he was just kind of everything was just kind of interesting. Wow, look at that, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I uh, back to your son. I uh, ran. He was a prof- he, did, he was a pharmacist though, so he did wasn't like he was just no, a, no, no, no. He was a smart guy. So I talked to Blake, your son, uh, at your father's funeral, and he said he was graduating. And uh, um, anyway, and that your boy's got a big head of hair on him there. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, and some facial hair. Is so that the, I guess that's my, the style. But he just this last week found out he got a job. Okay. Congratulations, Dad. Son working right out of college. Good job. Now, I look at, for example, um, Pete, our chief operating officer. His son's about the same age. Yeah. Got a very professional job. As an engineer in Chicago? <laughs> yes. Right. Actually, not as an engineer. He works at a uh, data technology company. Um so my son, he's got a job. He's a, a with an active travel company. He is going to be. Uh, a, he has a position on the camp crew, which means setting up tents, tents cooking, <laughs> cooking, cleaning. Yes, uh, but he's excited about it because he says he'll get to stay in national parks. He's like, I'm really excited. I get to stay in national parks, and on my days off, I'll be able to do my paragliding because he got into paragliding. Paragliding is when you jump off a hill with that thing on your back. Yes. And there's part of me that is really excited that my son is like being young and I, I just want to be adventurous and. Well, you learned a little bit of that a, from you. A camp, <laughs> setting up, and he wants to teach skiing in the winter. There's part of me that is excited and maybe even a little envious, like what a fun lifestyle. Uh, and there's the other <laughs> part. There's the other part of me. It's like, you know, son. <laughs> Maybe you should go work for KPMG or uh, some accounting firm. Or what was his degree in? At Boston College, private university. What? What? What did he graduate? International relations. Oh, huh. so you? With, I think a minor in economic development or something like that. He says he wants to do this for 
three or four or five years, and then he'll get serious about his career. Good for him. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, but good for him. I mean, it's it's his story. He's got to write it. It's not your story. Oh, I understand. I'm just... Uh, good for him. Just yeah, sharing. Why nice sharing kid. That? Nice kid, though. Well, because you just received the... Did, he just told you you got the job? This or? last week, yeah. I just, oh. uh, it's, um, That's nice. I guess. Is it nice? It is nice. Yeah, what? Yeah. Just, he really wanted this job. He, I mean, he really wanted uh, this look, job. He's, what, he's 22, maybe? 23? He's 22. All right. He can live on nothing. You can literally, at 22, you can live. Well, he will be, because I've told him <laughs> you're going to have to be. I mean, I'll probably make sure he's got health insurance. That Yeah. But other than that, he can drive an old beat-up Volkswagen, or but that's a dangerous car. You could drive something, and he'll be fine. And apparently this company has, they own some uh, like employee housing in different areas for its really low rent. And I think he'd like to be at a ski resort. Oh, teaching and living the winter there, and you could go and stay with him in that uh, in that employee housing when you visit him. <laughs> <laughs> with with fourteen other uh, yeah. kids and earplugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bunch of twenty two year olds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be perfect. Probably yeah, it'd be perfect. Really nice. You could sit there and bring a couple books, enjoy them. Read oh them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, super yeah. nice. Yeah, <laughs> all clean. I'm sure the sheets would be all clean oh. and fresh. Perfect. All right, let's take some calls. We are going to go to Cincinnati and talk with Ben. Ben, you're with Allworth Money Matters. We have a 401 Roth. We also have an IRA Roth rollover. We have met the age requirements and the duration of having a Roth. What are the tax implications as far as our contributions and growth and the company's contributions and growth? I understand that my contributions and growth, I'll be able to take out any time with it, with, since I've already paid taxes, um, so to speak, scot-free. What about the company's contributions and growth? Are, are, those, are those taxable? Yes. Yeah, so the company, anytime you have a, a, a 401k through your employer, I don't know of any employer that does a Roth contribution because the employer chooses to take a tax deduction. It's part of their payroll expense, essentially. So when they give a match, they put the match in on a pre-tax basis. They get the deduction. And so those are pre-tax dollars. Those are taxable when withdrawn. And the growth on that. Okay, so the company's portion is taxable. Yeah, you, it yeah. should actually show up like that on your statements. Are you seeing it on your statements with a classification I, I, between I don't the two? Know what, to be honest, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. Yeah. It's not my wheelhouse. Okay, I get I'll, it. I'll, so what okay. – how, and how old are you, Ben? Uh, 61. Okay. And, and are you working now? Yes. And uh, why do you ask the question? Is it out of curiosity or are you planning on taking distributions from the Roth? Uh, I'm trying to weigh that out whether I want to – whether I want to use the Roth or hold it. Oh, you mean, so when you retire, whether you want to start taking monies out of the Roth or the regular IRA, that's what you're asking? No, 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 no. I, I just wanted, I, I just want to pay off a debt with okay. the Roth. Got, got it, got it, got it, got it. And how big is the debt and who is it to? Uh, the, I, I owe the debt. Mm-hmm. 60000 And is it on a home, car? Yes. It's on a home? Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. And is there any dollars outside of the Roth, um, any dollars anywhere else? Uh, yes. What, what is that? Uh, that'd be the 401. Got, got it. Any, any money outside any of the qualified plans, IRAs, Roths, anything like Any money in the bank or stocks or anything like that? On the no, side I, of that. everything we have is, is through uh, retirement accounts. Okay, and what's right. the p- approximate value of your Roth? The company and the IRA. Yeah. Combined. Yeah. Ninety. Ninety thousand. How soon before you retire? Um, no pun intended. Okay. Uh, drop dead date is March of 2022. Okay, so here and you're making contributions right now to the 401k. What are your contribution levels? Uh, I'm at nine. Okay, and is there a match in the plan? Six. Okay, so why don't you lower that distribution uh, contribution back a little bit? 
and accelerate the payments on the uh, the mortgage? Because uh, the mortgage is really cheap at this point. Okay. Well, that's the point exactly. If that is exactly how you feel, then we shouldn't be discussing taking out a lump sum out of the Roth. Well, I'm my personal opinion, I'm expecting uh, rates uh, to increase, home, uh, mortgage rates to increase. I can't see them staying this low. Oh, take a look through Europe and Japan and the rest of the, <laughs> of Who the world. Yeah, I mean, I, it, there, there, no one knows. Uh, so I guess we're now, now you've confused me. So you want to pay off this mortgage or you don't want to pay off this mortgage? I do. Okay. But, well then, so then what? So that what? What I just said to do was start paying it off before you retire, and then make the decision whether to take the lump sum out of the Roth at the time. Or take how much is in the Roth IRA? Uh, Thirty. And one thing you could do is take the money out of the Roth IRA today, throw it against the mortgage. Now you've got a mortgage balance of thirty thousand, and then start making. I'd work as hard as I could between now and the drop dead date in two years to see if you can't get that balance down further. Yes, that, actually, I like that idea. So make payments of thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a month between now and there, and, and you'll probably get it somewhere. paid off. So do uh, 13, half of it now. Thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars in this part of the country isn't isn't like what your thirteen, fourteen hundred well, is. Listen, I, I didn't, I, I didn't mean to be. Um, what is that? Elitist? All I'm saying is your cost of living is higher. Yeah, I understand that. Make as many extra payments as you possibly can on that uh, mortgage to get it paid down by the time you retire. But I like Scott's idea. Just take it out, and then even if you keep I mean, the, the payments the, same, is, the danger is if otherwise, I'd say take reallocate the money inside those since a secure point. But if it's going to be invested in a secure, you're going to end up less than you're paying on the mortgage. That's right. What you don't want to do is bet is have money set aside in some stock fund that you're planning on using on the March of 2022. And sometimes people say, well, I'm two years away from retirement, so I should be conservative. But most people aren't planning on spending all their money the first. In this situation, you're thinking about taking $60,000 and spending it immediately. So that's 60000 at least we wouldn't want to have tied in the stock market. But we're two years away. I like the idea of saying, let's take the $30,000 Roth. Let's take that today. Let's throw it against the mortgage. Now we've cut the mortgage balance in half. And then I'd say, can we add a little extra to our mortgage payment each month to try to get that thing paid, if not paid off in two years, but pretty dang yep. close to it? What's your mortgage payment now? Uh, $650. Okay, well, see if you can get it up to $1,000. And even if and that, at Pat's point, lower your contributions to your 401k from 9% to 6%, 6% and apply that rest of it against your, your mortgage and pay down the 30 grand. Your goal is obviously to get this house paid off. So when you retire, Correct. you don't have to worry about it. So it, it's done. And we, like we, that. we gave you a three-step process to get there. All right. All righty. You've answered my question, All right. gentlemen. Have a wonderful All right. I got to ask you one question. Got to ask you one more question. Sure, fire away. Why are you all still in a high tax state? Let's talk smart business, okay? Come, all right. Come, all right. come to in between uh, the mountain ranges. All right. All right. So, here, full tra- so full trans. So a few years back, voters enacted a uh, voted in a tax on high earners, and I I spent some time with the tax attorney looking at it. I live in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas in California, just outside of Sacramento. Lived in the same community almost 30 years. And for a while, I'm thinking, you know, why don't I live up in Nevada? It's not very far from my yeah, house. it's less than two-hour drive. Yeah, 100 miles. I can commute. I can telecommute to do some from work. I can have the studio over there. I'll come into California when I need to. But And I started running the numbers, and it would save a lot of money. And then I suddenly said, but wait a minute. Where do I like to live? Where's my community? Where And... and I was talking to my wife, and it's like, well, she said, that's great. Then when you die, you'll have more money. <laughs> and the fact is, I can afford to live where I live with 306, 330 days of sunshine a year. And th- th- that's why people stay in California. Anyway, I think and ba- Ben, my answer to the question is— I've got family here. You can ask me tomorrow, and my uh, answer will be uh, different than today. Because every other day, I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> 
but I have been happily married for 34 and years. It's and it's not I'm, just the taxes correct. either. It's I'm some trying, of the stuff that comes out of Sacramento. You're like, what in the world are well, they thinking? That's, that's, that, that's probably... Really? Of all the problems, you're working on that? That's probably the driver. But I have been happily it's married like a for... a nanny state. Well, I've been happily married uh, for 34 years. You'll have to ask my wife what her opinion is. But uh, in order to continue that going forward, it seems like I'm going to have to stay here for a while. You'll probably live where your wife tells you to live. I'm, that's my guess. <laughs> so wish you well, Ben, and congrats on your retirement uh, in a couple of years from now. Again, if you want to join the program, 833-99-WORTH. And we do enjoy, we do enjoy taking calls. So let's talk with Daryl. Daryl, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi, this is Daryl. Hi, Daryl. Uh, yes. Uh Basically, the question I had is, you know, am I missing something? Uh, I'm 77 years old, uh, still working, uh, though I'm planning to retire shortly. Uh, and, you know, I live in a, I've got a paid-for home, you know, the whole thing. I figured, that, you know, based on my 2020 projections, just Social Security and requirement addition alone, I got uh, about $98,000 a year coming in from that. So basically, I'm just, you know, Wondering if am I'm I sorry, social, social security and what? Uh, social security and required minimum distributions. RMDs, okay. I should say the family income is that my wife and I both. Okay. Is it, so it's a ninety-eight thousand, not counting your employment. And not kind of mean what? Not not counting employment that I'm still working. Okay. 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 So the only thing, uh, come to mind. So you're seventy-seven. You require minimum distributions. They're still at a point right now where it's probably. Five and a half percent or six percent you had to take out from that account. As you get That's older, correct. as you get older, it, it's a higher and higher percentage. So if you were eighty-seven, right. so um, it'd be 10, 15 percent. And your right now, if you're seventy-seven, your home's paid off. You took out roughly six percent from your four hundred one k and your social security income. Uh, I think you're in pretty good shape, as provided. Your 401k has somewhat balanced and diversified. So was that your question for us? Yeah, basically, my question is, you know, am I missing something? Because, you know, I, I, I programmed in the health insurance. I programmed my other expenses, and I know, you know what I'm doing, but... Um, my only, my, the, 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 the biggest concern I would have is how your retirement dollars are invested. Scott, I'll add something. To, if you if you give money to charities, I'd like that to come out of your RMD directly to the charity, even if it's five hundred bucks a year. Okay, right. Yeah, there's something. I hadn't thought about that. Oh, that's that, well. You asked if you were missing anything, and <laughs> so Pat started to go on the list in his mind, <laughs> and and that's one thing that most people, by the way, completely miss completely miss so if you go to a church or if you volunteer at a food bank or you do whatever I mean, if it's more if it's more than a couple hundred bucks a year you sense. just have the check go directly and so it's pretty normal for us to meet with our clients and say okay what are your plan giving for next year and i did it with the we did it, i did it with a client um in in uh, the end of december she said well i like giving the the check to the church on a monthly basis. They expect it. They, and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send them a check in January. I want you to write them a letter that says, in lieu of the monthly check, um, just uh, accept this money and you could expect a similar amount next year um, so that they can budget for it. So that's the one thing you're missing. Um, the other thing, you don't have any debt. You're 77 years old. You're active. Uh, I, I assume Obviously still working. if you have a long-term care insurance, that may be a gap. Um, and but, you may decide to insure for it and you may not decide to insure for it. Most people decide not to insure for it insurance because it's expensive. Yeah. It's really, really expensive. Well, I, 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 I'm I didn't totally understand you, but basically, uh, I'm not one that likes to, pay insurance for things right that the cost is greater than just simply yeah, if you can yeah if you can self-insure then that don't yeah. that's right that's yeah. why you may choose to self-insure or you may in, no look, look no one no one wants to buy insurance right it just isn't yeah. you know i think the one thing though is really back on your your portfolio i have no idea how your your retirement dollars are invested but well let's put it this way 
today is not a good day in the market. Okay. And, but I've lived through these before, so I don't get too worried about them. Is your portfolio 60% stock, 70% well, stock? All, all I was going to say is that you, you should be structured in such a manner so that your next five years worth of required minimum distributions are not tied to the stock market. So that would be 35 to 40% of the portfolio. Maybe a little mm. less than that. I'd run the numbers, including dividends and whatnot, because you're going to be forced to take them out. And if you're quitting working, you're going to be spending those dollars. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, I've got kind of the luxury to where my employer really doesn't want to see me retire. Well, it, David, okay. the reality is you are 77, and at some point in time. Maybe you won't. I mean, I bet this last week I was talking to a, a 79-year-old, uh, I'm sorry, an 89-year-old gentleman who is still working. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so our recommendation is, uh, but with the problem with the requirement of distribution, and when you eventually are retired and need the money, that's when you want to make sure that you don't have whatever money you need for the next five years. You want in, in you don't a want it in the fixed stock income. Market. You don't you want, want it in the stock market. Yeah, yeah. Unless you unless you say, well, I'm fine. I'll just cut my expenses way back when the market's low. But that makes no sense, particularly at this stage in your life. At this stage in your life, it's about making sure you can maintain your same standard of living, regardless of what happens with the financial markets. I would think that's probably your number one goal, and maybe you have some other uh, legacy goals for kids and whatnot. But those are the things to be thinking about. So glad you called, Daryl. Appreciate uh, you listening to our show either on terrestrial radio or via podcast. Our podcast. And let's uh, talk with Dina. Dina, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean, All Worth's Money Matters. Yes, hi. Um, good morning. I think it's still morning. Oh, hi, Dina. Yeah. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'm uh, 62, and I've been retired for about two years. I have uh, uh, 401k, approximately 600000 um, right now, and um, not working, of course, and then... Uh, what I'd like to know is if it would be advisable for me to start converting into a Roth IRA over the next seven to eight years before I have to start uh, taking the RMD. What's your income right now? Uh, between myself and my husband, we uh, make about 100000 Is your year. husband working? No. Neither one of us are working. So I think that, that clearly the idea... You're, at age 72, you're going to be forced to take some money from your retirement account. Um, you know, you, your, your required minimum distributions aren't going to be that great for you. Uh, even if this account, let's say, even if it doubled the next 10 years, which is possible, your required minimum distribution would be about $40,000, assuming you didn't touch this account at all mm -hmm. the next 10. Do you have a lot of money that's outside of retirement accounts? We do. How much? Um, over a million. Okay. I would look at converting. So you want to yeah. have to run the numbers. Yeah. I would look at converting. I don't know if I would convert, but I would certainly go through the exercise because you you're right on the, yeah. you're right on the and edge. You're, the way the tax brackets, you're currently sounds like based on your income in a 12% federal tax bracket. And it goes from 12% to 22% at a, it's a roughly about a hundred thousand dollars. If you're married, that's after your, um, including your your standard deduction. So you are right, kind of near that area. The, yeah. the way to to actually do this is just you're going to be doing your 2019 taxes soon anyway. Right. Right. So just do a little projection for 2020 and say how much additional income could we have and still be in that 12 percent federal tax bracket. And it won't be a lot that you'll convert, no. if any at all. It might be 10000 or 15000 But it's worth it, even at $10,000. Because you're talking about a 10%, it's a 10% tax arbitrage. Yeah, so it's $1,000 in your pocket. And you have the money to if pay the... Yes, correct. And you have the money to pay the taxes on the conversion. Yes. Right. So you want to go through... So do you do your own taxes or do you have someone else do your we taxes? We do. Okay. Yeah, so, we do. We so do. you just go through and say, what would, it, what would happen if I converted X? And if, yeah. it, and if you stay in the 12% tax bracket, you want to convert as much as you possibly can at the 12%. Okay. Right? That makes then, a lot of sense. Yeah. And then when sense. I convert in the 22%, no. I'm probably not. No. 
Probably not. Because if you look at the 600000 you've got seven years or 10 years to go. You've got to assume it's going to be probably worth a million or a million one, maybe even a million two. That's a 7% right. return over the next 10 years. And you're like, well, the distribution then will be forty. Thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. So yeah, play with the numbers. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you very much. All right, thanks for the call. Yeah. And just so everyone is aware that with the Secure Retirement Act that was uh, signed into law last minute of uh, uh, nineteen of two thousand nineteen, required minimum distribution has been moved from age seventy and a half to age seventy two. Which was when you said that it was kind of weird hearing it. What? When you said at age 72, it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, it was probably weird saying it. It's so weird. <laughs> okay. I just, I can't. Well, I'm not a teenager. It's <laughs> weird. It just sounded. Yeah, because my whole career, I've been saying 70 and a half. It's been yeah. 70 and a half for 34, as long as I, I've so been in the industry 30 so, years. So the SECURE Act, the required minimum distribution start at 72. Yes, unless you are already on required minimum distributions. If so, you must. Continue that, yes. but but the cha- uh, the required charitable. I mean the charitable deduction, the qualified charitable. What do they call it when you send the money from their yeah, retirement um, account directly to the charity? Qualified charitable distribution. You can still do that at age seventy and a half, and yeah, take so that. that's still a. There's oh, a, just a little bit more complicated. They didn't quite fix that. Little nah, they didn't align everything. To, they didn't align everything perfectly <laughs> when they did that. Yeah, and uh, they killed the stretch IRA. So your heirs, your children can't stretch these out. And there's talk. There's been some talk. There's been written proposals about uh, eliminating, um, uh, starting required minimum distributions for Roth accounts. Forcing people to start taking money out of the Roth. What would, wh- why? Because it'll put them in the back in taxable income area. That'll happen. Oh, the income coming I, out of it. If it's I were not, a betting man, the next five years, that's going to happen. So you wouldn't be taxed coming out, but no, the assets just, then would generate income on the outside, and then you'd be taxed. We are them. just about out of time. Hey, want to let you know, if you are either in Sacramento region or the Denver region, next Saturday we're having one more of our workshops. If you missed our retirement workshop, we'll be in Roseville on the, on the 8th and Broomfield on the 8th. So go to allworthfinancial.com for all information on that and to sign up. We're out of time, and we'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hanson, Pat McLean of Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.